Receiving counseling can be a good idea, which is one of the reasons that we provide it with our ministry. Did you know that we provide biblical counseling to those who want to receive it? Go to our counseling page and you can check out our counselors, graduates from our Mastermind program. They're excellent counselors, and if you need help, you can find help there. But if you place the weight of your long-term change on a brief season of counseling, you will be sorely disappointed. Counseling office success should never shoulder the primary responsibility of change for anyone. I want to talk about that in this podcast. Thank you for joining me for your daily drive. I am Rick Thomas, and you can read all about it by going to our website. I have a full transcript of this podcast on our website, rickthomas.net. The title of the podcast and the article is Counseling is Not the Best Option for Change. It is important that we understand that because I do think that we can put too much weight on the idea of counseling. And when we do that, well, we can be sorely disappointed. We have to understand that progressive sanctification, the process of progressively incrementally changing, happens every day of our lives, throughout our lives, until we see Jesus. Let's say that you become a Christian, as I did at 25 years of age. Let's say you're going to live to 100 years old. That means you're going to be changing for 75 years, incrementally, slowly. You won't be perfect at 25 or 30 or 35. And I am bumping 60 right now, and I'm not perfect yet. And so it is a process. And counseling is a punctiliar moment, and it was never designed to be the totality of what change is all about. And so while receiving counseling is a good idea, you really should not place the weight of long-term change on that brief season. If you have any questions about this podcast, you're welcome to write me and let's talk about it. We have an interactive ministry. It's one of the things that makes our ministry distinctive is that we interact with our base, our constituency. People can come to us, and as long as you have access to the Internet, you can talk about what I'm talking about here, or you can talk about any other thing that's on your mind as well, and it would be a privilege and a joy to chat with you about those matters. Make sure you have a username and a password. That will get you on our website. Just yesterday, someone said, I I got a 404 page. You will get a 404 page if you're not logged in because we have security measures intentionally by design because we want to protect our community. Therefore, the way that you access the forums is you have to have a username and password, and once you Get that and make sure that you're logged in, then you are good to go. The username and password is free. There's no cost for that, and there's no cost to talk to us. So we are an interactive ministry. Jump on our forums, and we will chat you up about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Did you know this past summer I published two books? The first one is called Change Me, The Ultimate Life Change Handbook. If you do not have that book, 
may I appeal to you to go on Amazon and get that book because you want to read it. It is the process of change. We're talking about change here in this podcast. One of the best things that you can do for yourself as it pertains to the change process is get this book, Change Me. It's almost 300 pages, and you will benefit by reading it. One gentleman, in fact, he, uh, my friend Dave, is the one that encouraged me to get this thing published because when I talked to him, he said he was in his fifth reading of this book. It was that good. And so I'm making an appeal to you to make sure that you get it as well. And then after that, I published Suffering Well, How to Steward God's Most Feared Blessing. Suffering is it's a part of what it means to be a Christian, to take up your cross and follow Christ. There's nothing about that that is warm and fuzzy. It is a hard life to be a Christian, and we don't want to be surprised by it, but we can be surprised. And that is one of the reasons that I wrote this book, a play on words, Suffering Well, How to Steward God's Most Feared Blessing. You can also get it on Amazon, too. If you're unsure about that, I mean, you can Google it in Amazon and It'll come up, or you can go directly to our store, and there's a click-through link that you can click on, and it will take you to Amazon. You can order the book, and they will ship it right to your door. The title of this podcast, Counseling is Not the Best Option for Change. I want to talk about it. I have a graphic in here as well. You can visually look at it. It will help you, and also have a short video, a minute and 13 seconds, It's called The Counseling Window, and it talks about this idea of counseling having a definitive start and stop date. But sanctification, it's not like that. I mean, sanctification does have a definitive start and stop date, but the start date is when you are born again. The stop date is when you meet Jesus. It is an extended period where sanctification happens. Counseling can be a part of that. Counseling should never be the totality of that. Now, when I say, as this podcast explicitly says, counseling is not the best option for change, somebody will say, are you saying that counseling is not a good idea? No, that's not what I said. (laughs) I'm not saying that at all. I train individuals to do biblical counseling. It's our mastermind program. It's what we do. It's a, it's a huge part of this ministry to train individuals, men and women, in this idea of discipleship. But what I am saying is that some Christians have not thought through in real and practical ways what the process of change should look like with hurting or dysfunctional people. Hurting people who have hurt them, dysfunctional is more volitional, things that you do to yourself. Sin happens two ways. People sin against us, thus we are hurting. And of course, we also sin, we hurt ourselves. Counseling is a temporary, artificial context for change. Think about this. I generally counsel people for two hours. Now, let's say that I'm meeting with an individual or couple one time per week. Now, that would be two hours out of 168. 
Lasting change? Not possible. And in most cases, I do not meet with a person every week because schedules make it prohibitive to have consistent weekly meetings. At best, we would meet every two weeks, though that is not likely either. And so it's not just two hours out of 168. It could be two hours out of over 300 or maybe two hours out of 500 that I meet with a person. A person not benefiting from consistent care while doing whatever they want to do. Two hours of counseling is like dipping the ocean dry with a bucket. It just won't work well. And by the time you meet with them the following week or the following weeks, their habituations will, for the most part, swallow up whatever good your previous meeting accomplished. In Genesis, we hear about God speaking, and when God speaks, he brings order out of chaos. God speaks into the chaos, and out of that chaos comes order. That's your story, too, if you have been born a second time. When God first spoke to me in 1984, he spoke into my chaos which began a process of bringing order to my life, a process that is ongoing. This is a benefit of grace. As David said in Psalm 103, forget not his benefits, and this is one of his benefits. It's an advantage to being a Christian. The world is out of order, living in chaos, Should God speak into their chaos as he did mine and as I hope he did yours, the process of reorienting by the gospel would ensue. A person comes to counseling out of his unique chaos. The Christian counselor speaks truth into his mess and the reorientation process begins. The problem is that the counselee goes back into their daily dysfunction, and the ground gained in the order-speaking counseling session starts to erode. It is a 166-2 to chaos versus order formula. In most cases, though not all, Chaos will win. It's one of the reasons that I started this ministry, because I was running into a lot of folks who were meeting with me on a weekly or every two-week basis, and by the time they came back, the frenetic pace of their life, the busyness of their schedules, and the chaos that's in their lives, it, it would overwhelm whatever good that came out of that counseling session a week or two ago. And so what I started to do is write articles. It's one of the reasons I started writing articles is so I could send them some helpful resources that they could read during their week. It was a touch point. It was one of the ways that I could touch them, so to speak, and interact with them even though I was not in their presence. I felt the burden of what they were going through and I also felt the limitation that counseling provided. It is unreasonable to expect a season of counseling to be able to overcome a person's problems all by itself. Counselees need more than a temporary season to help them mature in their ongoing, progressive sanctification needs. If a just man who does not need counseling falls seven times, 
What is your guarantee that a counselee will not collapse when the counseling season is over? That's Proverbs 24. Verse 16 says, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. The righteous man does fall. That's the implication of what the proverb writer was saying, that the righteous man falls down. And if the righteous man does fall down, the man who doesn't need counseling, what is your guarantee that a counselee will not, when they fall, uh, when the counseling season is over, and they're going to need you again? Now, you have options here. You can either be their life coach, which I would not recommend, or you can put them in a better context where they can receive ongoing care outside of the counseling office. Now, thankfully, the Lord does not leave his children in their fallenness, but he offers real and practical solutions for their lifelong progressive sanctification. These solutions are primarily in two places. One, in this order, by the way, first of all, the families, and secondarily, in their local churches. What better context for sin to happen than in your family and your local church? Family first, church second, not the other way around. You want to make sure that your family is a redemptive community. What makes up a family? A husband and a wife. That's all that you need. You don't need children to make a family. A family is a husband and a wife. Now, you can add to that family as many children as God provides, but a family is a husband and wife. And then, of course, if you have children, but that becomes a redemptive sanctification center for you all to work together reciprocally on whatever issues, whatever unique fallenness that each individual in the family has. And then you have the local church to come alongside. It is the tail, not the dog. The dog is the family, but you do need the tail to help you to grow in your sanctification. If you're going to get sick, what better place to be ill than the hospital? If you're going to struggle with personal or relational or situational issues, what better place could there be than a redemptive family and a local church to help you back on the path of sanctification? Now, Christian counseling can serve the local church in some valuable ways. There is no doubt about this. And I am aware of the many benefits of this, quote, partial solution, end quote. But Christian counseling was never meant to replace the redemptive efforts of your family or the means of grace found in your local church. Please use Christian counseling or biblical counseling, whatever you want to call it. As long as it adheres to the teaching of Bible, you can just call it counseling. I don't care what you call it, as long as it's true to God's word. But please use it, mainly when your primary means are not serving you well. That is really the best time to use Christian counseling as we think about formalized, standalone counseling outside of the family or outside of the local church. Please use it. Because I realize for many people that their families are dysfunctional and their families are not a means of grace to help them to grow in their Christian experience. 
You know, I'm also aware that some churches are not as effective as they should be because they do not adhere to the Bible as closely as they should. Therefore, the discipleship practices of the local church aren't that great. And so what we have is biblical counseling. But never forget that a temporary counseling season is not a replacement for your lifelong need for change. The best advice I could ever give a couple who is struggling personally or relationally is to get their marriage in order first of all. Work on your marriage. Find the help that you need so that you can get your marriage straightened out. And then your marriage becomes your counseling center, or as I was saying earlier, your family, husband and wife. You become the active agents for counseling outside of a counseling office. And then the second thing I would advise this couple to do is to find a local church for their ongoing long-term help. Now, perhaps counseling can jumpstart this process. Again, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bath of water. I realize that counseling can be supplemental and it can help to a degree. And in some situations, that is all people have. I know that is one of the reasons that our ministry exists for some people, because they don't have anyone else that they can talk to, anyone competent enough, courageous enough, compassionate enough that they can talk to. So they come to our ministry for help. I understand that. And I don't want to scare you away or shame you away or guilt you away or fuss, fuss at you away. I want you to come to us and we want to be part of your sanctification solution. And so counseling can jumpstart the process. But if this couple does not make changes to their family dynamic, and if they do not find a discipleship-making community through their local church, they will be back in counseling for another short-term sanctification boost. And you don't want that to be your habit. You won't, don't want to be a professional counselee. And again, I know this can be sticky for some people because they're in just terrible churches that are not equipped to help the folks who are going through situations, and they're desperate for help. And so I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, but I do not want to shy away from the best context that there is for sanctification to take place, and it is within your family first and within the local church. Counseling, at best, can be supplemental, but it should not be the main thing that drives all your sanctification efforts for yourself, for your friends, and for your family. Now, if you want to talk more about this, I would love to chat with you. Come to our website, rickthomas.net. Say, hey, I was listening to your article, your podcast. Counseling is not the best option for change, and I have some questions that I want to ask you. Well, it would be a joy to be able to answer those questions. A couple things to do. Get your free username and password and make sure you are logged in. And then jump on our free community forum. It's brought to you by folks who support our ministry. Now, perhaps you want to support our ministry. I don't want to steer you away from that as well. Please go to our site and learn how to help us. Because the more people helping us, the more people we're going to be able to reach Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I pray it's an encouragement to you. I pray it's giving you some good ideas. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.